1: coming to you again live. Dakota and I are back in person after our last uh, episodes of Zooming.
0: Yes. It's so nice to be back in person. I know. It's like a whole new world.
1: We just like hanging out together though too. So it's better for us.
0: It's better for us when we're together. Better when we're together. Yes. And more now than ever, because this year has been such a wake-up call for both of us in so many ways. I think um, everyone's kind of come out of the COVID fog and had to get pretty deep during COVID. And Alyssa and I, as we've talked about so many times on the cast, um, have we're both in very pivotal stages of our lives right now, right?
1: Yeah, I think in a lot of different ways, both personally and professionally, I think we're both having some deep deep conversations with ourselves in terms of what yeah. sustainability, what are we doing, growth, what do we want to do when we grow up? I mean, yeah. the alpaca farm always comes up as we know. Yes. The alpaca farm. Yes.
0: I feel like the alpaca farm should be a pseudonym for what we're about to talk about today. Yeah. Alpaca farm. <laughs> also known as. No. So in light of being honest and Having purpose and doing the things that we really want to do, um, I personally wanted to have a conversation with Alyssa today about something that recently happened in my life um, that has happened to so many Canadians, um, women in particular women in particular, uh, specifically following COVID, but it's been a thing for a long time. Um, that is, what is wrong with my brain? Yes Why can't I focus? Um, what, why are my emotions out of whack? What, why do I have brain fog constantly? What, what is this? And it turns out that ADHD and ADD are more prevalent than we think, especially in women. That
1: is true. And it's funny, um, not even just ADHD and ADD, but I've had a few adult women friends who've been diagnosed, um, on the autism spectrum as adults as well. And it's interesting, like our generation, like the over 35s or whatever. Um, that was never really a thing when we grew up, like to be like to have autism at the top of your like do- doctors didn't think of that in that time, or even ADHD was always like, oh, those are the those are the bad kids in school. But it's funny that we are now finally as adults asking these questions and going to the doctor and saying, I can't do this. Why am I I over all over the place. Why can't I complete tasks? Why do I never get through my to-do list? Why mm-hmm. am I like paralyzed almost by the things I have to do? And it's yeah. coming back with ADHD diagnoses and diagnoses. Um yeah. And it's and I hate this I hate it when that happens because people always think, "Oh, it's like the oh, it's the diagnosis of the day and I was in everyone ADHD now." But no, we've all been dealing with this our whole lives, and it's kind of nice to know that there is something legitimately like in our head yeah. that is causing us to act yeah. the way we do. That's right. And, re- and react the way we do.
0: That's right. And just how we are in our everyday lives, right? Um, but apparently, according to Statistics Canada, more than um, 1.8 million Canadians have ADHD. Which doesn't surprise me at all. No.
1: And I think, and I don't know, like, I mean, obviously we don't have a psychologist or anybody on this podcast today. We're just talking about our own personal. um, We are not psychologists. No. We're just talking about our own personal um, lives here. But that doesn't surprise me in the fact that, A, it shows that people are getting help and getting diagnosed. But it also shows how much... Like Stigma. the the immediacy of our social media lives and sort of the instantaneous world that we live in mm-hmm. is brought a lot of this to the forefront, like with people now trying to juggle like looking at multiple social channels and trying to keep up with emails and this that the other, and it's like this sort of the the digital life that we all live has yeah. just made these made our symptoms of being unable to concentrate and not unable to. Um, complete tasks, just so much more apparent. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I think that's where when we slowed down during COVID or sped up during COVID, it became very apparent that challenge, challenges that we were having, um, were they came to the forefront and to the surface. Yeah. And so now,
1: I think what we are all discovering, whether you're running your own business or you've gone back into your corporate job is we're not managing no. like we used to. We are unable to juggle and compartmentalize like we used to. I think COVID, um, like you said, brought all these thoughts and feelings and emotions and all that to the surface. And I think we're all realizing now that like none of this is sustainable. We no. can't keep living this way. And it's not our fault. So like, how many nights have we been crying over... Our business or the stress and all those sorts of things, and mm-hmm. we think it's us. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the problem, like the Taylor Swift song, like <laughs> as we were singing <laughs> the it anti-hero earlier, song hero song. I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah. Um, but it isn't. No, us. Like no. Yes, we we choose how we react and 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 live in those situations, but we realize that it's all it's everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think more of us are now talking about it, so we realize that. Wait a minute.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, everyone is struggling. Absolutely. That being said, I will say in some capacities, it might be okay to admit that it's you, but not in a negative way. It's like, this is how my brain works. And as soon as I figure out how my brain works and how to not put everything in a box and make it very black and white, and I can figure out the gray space in between the black and white boxes, I can then relate, respond and react more effectively.
1: So, you have been going through sort of a process mm-hmm. indivi- indi- individually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about like where you started yes. to sort of where you are now in terms of things you've learned and coping skills and all that kind of stuff?
0: Yes, absolutely. So, I have always wondered if I have if I'm a bit on the spectrum. And the reason I've wondered that is because my mind goes a mile a minute. I find it extremely hard to calm down and to settle down, um, especially at night, unless I'm exhausted. I've never had the greatest sleep hygiene. I'm somebody that gets like works weird hours sometimes because that's when I have energy spurts. And sometimes I sleep at weird hours because that's when I have energy spurts. And I know that I've been trying to put myself in the box, the societal box that I've been told that I need to be in by many for years now. And recently, i wanna so I've always kind of known there's something up, um but I've gone to many different therapists. I've talked to my doctor many times, I've even sat my parents down and said, "Hey, did you notice this when I was a kid?" And I don't know if they're forgetting the challenges I had as a kid, but they've they, they've kind of always just said, "No, we don't really think that that's a thing." But when I think back to one particular key um consistent thing in my childhood. It was that if I wasn't interested in something, I would fail at it. If I was interested in something, I would excel. And that right there is a cornerstone of ADHD in, in many cases. Um, you can hyper-focus on something that you're really interested in and completely excel at it, be- become an expert at it. But if you, as soon as you're not interested, it becomes very challenging for you to focus. Um, that, and just my ability to focus for long periods of time, like I require numerous breaks throughout the day, which is which is touted as somewhat normal for neurotypical people um from what I have heard and read. Again, we are not psychologists, <laughs> just a reminder. Um, but I recently went through some really traumatic experiences with dating that made me realize that I think differently Um, just because of my inability to learn a lesson over and over and over again and expecting the same result. That was kind of my trigger light bulb. Um, So I engaged with a new therapist who has been so helpful to me. She herself also struggles with ADHD, um, among other things that we align on. And we actually did a very thorough sort of get to know you before we engaged And made sure that it was a right fit because I expressed to her that I've been set up with many therapists and not been a good fit. And I've just felt it's been a waste of money. And so we're still very much in the beginnings of our relationship, but she has helped me more in the last two or three months than anyone's ever helped me therapeutically. And I think it's just our ability to relate to each other and debate topics around how we both think and what we both use for resources. And um, one of the biggest challenges, and I've been in literal tears with her over Zoom when we do our sessions, is I just can't seem to think outside of black and white a lot of the time. So like when I came to her, I very much was like, these are the things I want to work on. This is what I know about myself. And okay, go, help me. And she was like, okay, well, we are not going to be able to unpack all of that in this amount of time. This is what I'd recommend. We're going to have to like really taper it back and and look at the the lines in between. Um, And we're going to have to do some pretty hard work. And I'm going to need you to focus with me on this. And that was really hard for me to wrap my head around because I was like, oh my God, like another thing. But it's so important to do because I have now learned in the span of three months, first of all, that I needed to be on some medication. Um, I'm still experimenting with it. Some days it's great. Most of the time it's great. Other days it, it can have the opposite effect of what I want it to do. But just thinking in different ways has been really helpful. And she's also given me key um little things to do such as when i wake up in the morning walking around or going outside for a solid 10 to 15 minutes to wake up my pu- my my retinas um which is which is a thing that sometimes helps neurodivergence um she also mentioned you know being open in relationship and with clients and my community and my family about it so that when I do something called info dumping, which I do very well and very often, um, they understand that I'm not in a tailspin. I'm just coping somehow and responding to some sort of trauma. Um, and why why all of this is is not black and white, and why it's not even, it it can't even really be contained to just ADHD is we are all different, and so even if you have an ADHD diagnosis, if you've had trauma in your life, if you are experiencing trauma currently, it can affect the way your brain works. And so that's why when I went through trauma, this came up more than it ever had. And I finally was like, no, I know something's up. I need to figure out how my brain works and how to work with it. So that's kind of been my journey so far.
1: It's really interesting. And I, I, I think everybody appreciates the um, the honesty and sort of the vulnerability there because talking about mental health um, is still not as taboo as it used to be. But I think people like I mean I I'm a big disliker I will say that of that whole "Bell Let's Talk" crap mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I think so much mental health discussion now is performative and just like oh we care about your mental health and this that the other. But when you actually try to discuss anything, like, yeah. oh um no. sorry I. I, I, this is too much. I can't deal, or or like maybe you just need to take some time off, or maybe. And I think the more that we are able to talk about, especially um, as women and high performing. performing women, and sort of type, I think a lot of our type A um, mentality as 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 women business owners is a lot of ADHD coping mechanisms because we have those very. Sort of tight moments of high productivity. So we like get through a bunch of things right away. Yeah. And then we're like exhausted, done for the day. And so I always talk about, um, I'm, since I've been out on my own and not sort of in the corporate world, that I'm a big napper and having an afternoon nap, especially in the winter when it gets dark so early, um, is sort of my coping mechanism. Like I have come to realize that, um, I, anything after 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, it's not happening. And I realize that um, my brain can't function. Like, so after, if I have a morning of meetings, or if I have a morning where I have like three or four projects I have to get done that morning, I'll get up early and just power through and that's my day. And then I have to be done. Mm-hmm. And I think like a lot of people, um, through our careers and through our lives, we've all just powered through mm-hmm. for our entire existence. And I think now having the openness and the, the well, A, I work for myself, so that is easier. I mean, it's harder mm-hmm. to, to just say, okay, I'm done at two o'clock if you're working for a corporate business. But being honest with myself that that's just how it is. And yeah. so um, I won't book meetings, like after two o'clock because I'm not, unless it's a meeting, I just sort of have to sit and sort of observe. No. But if I, I won't book any meetings where we have to like do a big discovery session or a big sort of deep dive into strategy because m- my brain won't work no. at three thirty three o'clock in the afternoon. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. I'm not going to be at my best. And so I've had to learn had to, had to deal with that because it works best for me. And so I've structured my business and sort of my work around, like everything is between like nine and one o'clock or whatever. Um, and not that I've had, I mean, you mentioned about having, being open with clients and people around you. I'm, I haven't gotten to that point yet where I'm sort of open, but my, I'm, I'm the exact opposite of you. Whereas when I get stressed or when I'm having moments, I will just shut down. Yeah, Like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to see people. And I just need, like, to decompress. Whereas you're, like, the the info dumper. I'm the info keeper. Yeah. And so I know that some of my clients that I've worked with a long time or that know me well know, understand that, like, if I um, need to cancel meetings or if I'm not in a place where it's, like, whatever, they understand yeah. that I just need a few moments. Other clients are just like, well, we just need to get this done. They, they, yeah. So not everyone is understanding of how you choose no. to put your do your work but i think we as our own advocates need to be better with pushing that and and taking control
0: of how we choose to run our work life absolutely and one thing i will say is for years and years and years i would completely berate myself um for the way that my brain worked and what I needed because I thought I had to fit into like the nine to five box, I guess you could call it. It was like, okay, it's unacceptable if I take a break in the afternoon or it's unacceptable if I need a nap and I'm I'm failing if I, if I nap. And then I would wake up... Dep- like if I did nap because I was exhausted, I would wake up depressed and then just be unable to do anything. And then just forcibly getting up like crazy hours to finish work and unhappy and resentful. And that, that was kind of COVID for me just because that's all there was during COVID. And I think, well, and I think that's when when my like inner green demon came to light if you will. Right. And the thing that I really admire about Alyssa is she is pretty firm with her boundaries on how she works and I'm just starting to get comfortable with that. Yes. I'll talk about it, but am I actually comfortable? Hell no. Um, And I still feel bad for the way that my brain works. Um, However, like thankfully, Alyssa and I both have really supportive communities. And I was on the phone actually with my cousin yesterday and she was talking about how I think one of my biggest pitfalls, and I am getting better, but one of my biggest uh, pitfalls is my inability to keep and not manipulate plans, I almost like go into panic mode when I have plans and I'll try to like manipulate or change them for whatever reason, usually because I'm overwhelmed. And I think I've mentioned this many times before for those of you that are new. Hi, it's me. I'm the, <laughs> I'm problem. the problem, it's, it's me. me. Um, <laughs> but all that to say that she was like, Cogs, that's my nickname in my family, She's like, I love you. I love every fiber of your being. And I just know that that's who you are. And I would never get mad at you for it. I might get a little frustrated and have a pity party for myself for a minute. She's like, but I just know that's how your brain works. And I love you, but you need to educate people that that's how your brain works. Otherwise, they are going to get frustrated. But it's funny because we didn't, like, I didn't know why for the longest time until my therapist was like, I think you have ADHD can you please go take this test and talk to your doctor, right? Um, One of the things I want to point out, though, is not everybody... Like, this isn't just about ADHD. No. This is not about being diagnosed with uh, a mental health challenge or disability, whatever you want to call it. Literally every single person on this earth, of course, is unique, and they may not even have a mental... Like, they may have other, what I like to call, invisible, invisible disabilities, that can't even be diagnosed. Um, the other thing that we all have is tendencies. Mm-hmm. But what we can do is we can learn to work with our tendencies and we can be very upfront with the people in our lives about our tendencies. And I know this really incredible woman who I never got the chance to to work with, but she, and actually I'm going to admit it. Well, she knows this. Uh, I started I got referred to this amazing lady um, out of Toronto who runs this incredible business. And she was one of the most thoughtful, introspective people I've ever met. Because when we started chatting about onboarding, um, she literally sent me like a profile on her personality and like how she works. and and like it was amazing. I was like, oh my God. And we had like a full onboarding session where we talked about if we'd be good a good fit and we were. The problem was was I was kind of going through a lot of this stuff, and I had to step back from taking on some new clients for a minute. And so I unfortunately didn't get a chance to work with her um just because I personally couldn't handle it at the time. Um, but she was so supportive of that as well. and but I was just really impressed with her. and I think a great, way to show people who you are is to underst- first try to understand who you are and how you work and how you think and what you need and then like literally a two pager on hey this is this is how I run my consultancy these are my boundaries and if they can't follow along well then you probably shouldn't work with them and it's the same thing as a relationship with anybody else
1: that's really interesting because I think as business owners and even people who work in corporate, we're always worried about pleasing Mm -hmm. our client or pleasing our boss and, and doing an onboarding for them. Oh, it's like, want to make sure that you're good and blah, blah, blah. But I love that whole idea of like, no, if you want to work with me, this is how I work that like, um, I, I have a, I have a friend who had a, um, uh, a new website or a website done by a, by a local um, branding agency. And she was blown away by their process. Like she was the client, but cause she said they walked her through her own customer experience. She said like, oh. like, okay, so how are people coming to you? What do they feel about your, and she's like, I, as a communicator, I've never done that for myself for my own business, but she said they have a very, structured way of how they walk you through their process in how they develop your brand and and all that stuff and she said it was such a weight taken off me because it's like okay i just need i know i these are my responsibilities in this and and they are this this and this and yeah. they're going to do this 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 and this and she said it gave me very clear boundaries it's like they included three sets of changes and anything was over and above was this and she said they were very and she said it was almost it almost made the process, like, you could take a big sigh and be like, oh, yeah. God, I get it. And that's sort of what you're saying, too, is it's like, yeah. if you want to work with me, this is how we do it. Yeah. And if you if you are of like mind, you will actually find this, yeah. like, um, relaxing. Exactly. Because <laughs> it won't be a thing for you. We're, we're taking the pressure off. Right. And I think we all need to do more of that in terms yes. of, a laying out who we are and yes. how we work because even Dakota and I are very different in our in our work styles and and we we know that already. But the reason this is coming up now is because I'm going to help out Dakota while she goes on her um, mountain or her hiking trek in August. And I specifically said to Dakota, "Okay, your clients have to know that I'm not a helicopter." Like I'm not the helicopter consultant like you are. Like I'm not going to be emailing back immediately like you do. I, like they need to understand that I'm, and she's like, oh no, no. I. But mm-hmm. we know that we, we run our businesses differently, but it's yeah. also been interesting because it gives you an insight into um, areas that I can do better at. Like sometimes I'm too aloof with responding to client inquiries and things like that. Yeah. And We can all do better, but it's, it's an interesting, I think it would be an interesting exercise for all of us to take to just sit down. And if we were walking someone through our customer experience, what would we want them to know about working with us
0: Exactly, me or
1: you or whatever, right? Like, what does that look like? Not just for the client, but for
0: me. Right. And then that also leads me to the, the scaling and team building aspect of things and getting past your own sort of ego, I guess, to, um, have people support you when you know that you can't be everything for everybody. Right. Right? Um and that you cannot fit in all the boxes. So,
1: well, and knowing that um and I I don't want to I don't want to tease this, but I think we're going to talk about this in another podcast episode about ensuring you have a good support network and I think um we especially as as as, as entrepreneurs are very much we we want to always project that we have our shit together because right. it shows, like it it shows potential clients that like we're we we've yeah, got our shit together that we know what's up. But you very quickly realize that you can't do everything yourself, mm-hmm. and I think the more we're all open about that, and yeah. I would also also like to see, especially those of us in the comms sphere as, as as communications entrepreneurs, be more open about, about our client processes and how we work. Because mm-hmm. A, I don't think that's opening up any Pandora's box of like insider knowledge because we do all work with things differently. Mm-hmm. But I think it would help us all understand a little bit better the types of clients and types of people we want to work with. Mm-hmm. Because Dakota and I talk about that a lot in terms of getting clients and working with people who align with your values. But how do you find those people unless you're very upfront about your style and who you are as a person?
0: Well, and two things on that as well. One being that I would challenge everybody listening to this episode today to stop trying to be perfect and have a conversation if you're struggling. This thing that I went through over the last couple of months, which I may open up about one day, I am not ready. Um
1: I It could be a lifetime movie. I'm just going to I'm just going <laughs> to preface that.
0: Oh my god. Now some great things have come out of it that I'm also not ready to talk about. I've teased a few things on my social, but anyway, we're not going to talk about that today. Um but one of the things I would say is get weird and stop trying to be so fucking perfect. Seriously, just have a conversation. I told a couple of my clients that I don't want to say they were directly impacted because knowing me, I just will kill myself to like be perfect for everybody. Um, but I did mention to a few clients, you know, like this is why I've been pushing deadlines and and this is why I've been a bit of a hot mess. And all three of them were like, okay, I did notice some stuff, but you've still been doing a great job. And if you weren't, I would have told you. Um, however, thank you for telling us because we, you know, it's good for us to know. And by the way, do you need anything? And those are the clients that you need in your life, in your corner. Um, and, And if you are going through something, like it is important to tell the people in your lives, like, hey, I may not be able to be my full amazing self, but here's what I'm doing to compensate. Like I've brought this person on to support, or I have to pull back a little bit, or please be patient with me. This is going back to that communication piece. Don't be afraid. To tell people that you are struggling mm-hmm. or hey, this is how my brain works. Again, going back to this profile. Um, the other thing there, and I think I've now forgotten what I was gonna say, of course. It happens. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, just um what was what were we? Oh, oh geez. See, this is what we do. This is what happens. Um, I I, I do want to touch on
1: the um the being open, and I and I think. I, wanted, I want to tell people too that you can do it, you can be open as much as you feel comfortable with. Not everyone immediately is going to feel comfortable no. going into what's really going on. But I think the people that are around us, whether it's your personal connections or your professional connections, they do want what's best for you. And I think we don't quite realize that they do see things that are going on, like Dakota mentioned with her clients that were like, yeah, we were seeing some things. And it's like, we think we're doing a good job of hiding it or just managing, but we really aren't.
0: And it's just going to put you into a shame spiral if you do that, to be honest, because you're hiding it. And hiding equals shame, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And I think this is where Dakota and I have struggled this year in 2023. Um, And I think we've talked about it a little bit on previous casts, but with understanding and feeling confident enough and feeling that we deserve to scale our business. Mm -hmm. Like I think Dakota probably more so than me, but understanding our limitations of what we like to do or what we want to do Mm -hmm. and invite bringing people into your world that can actually help Yeah. And and compliment your skill set, right? I think
0: inviting energy into your world. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. And I think there's still a little bit of both of us that feel that somehow we don't deserve that or that we still need to struggle or we still, it's like we're earning points of some sort, but we need to sort of realize that, you know, there's, there's things that you can pivot from and do other things or enhance the things that you like, but You have to have those hard conversations with yourself. Yes. And sometimes that's the biggest holdup is actually getting real with yourself more so than other
0: people. Well, and that's the, and that is the scary part. It's, it's looking at the mirrors that have been held up to you, whether it be through clients, situations, experiences, relationships, um, and then even just in therapy, like I've had many mirrors held up to me in therapy. And realize like, ooh, it's probably not healthy for me to think that way. It's probably not working for me to do it like that.
1: Yeah. I think we we think that we're managing or we think that we're doing fine or that we have found coping mechanisms that work for us, but then you realize that that actually isn't the case. No. We're just telling ourselves that because we think that we're supposed to be doing okay. That's right.
0: That's right. And that's, yeah, and you're not supposed to be anything, <laughs>
1: right, that's like we're supposed to be perfect, yeah. we're supposed to be presenting this put together image outwardly, yes. um, and we are we're all in the same boat. like I will say that um the one the one thing that I have found- um, po- a positive in a very negative situation is that colleagues I'm finding are becoming much more. Open And vulnerable of what's mm-hmm. going on, not just in, in, in their businesses, but in their lives. And I think some of that, some of that behind the curtain Wizard of Oz stuff is being taken away. And I think that's a positive for all of us mm-hmm. because, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Um, I think, and I think I mentioned this maybe in the last cast, I was doing a rant about how everybody's like, shi- like showing their shiny shit on mm-hmm. Instagram and how... I had to like just unfollow, not unfollow, but hide a lot of um, colleague stuff because I'm like, I can't, it's too hard to process and you just start to feel bad about yourself. Mm -hmm. And obviously that is not their responsibility. That's mine. Right. But I have to do what I have to do to protect myself. But then I know in talking to people behind the scenes that that isn't real, what they're presenting either. So. Can we all just start having these conversations and saying, you know what, this is shitty, or um, I thought I'd be here, or I don't know if I really want to do this anymore. I find that conversations happening a lot. <laughs> oh, a lot. Um, and why aren't we, like, why do we feel, especially as women and uh, women business owners, mm-hmm. that having these conversations or having, being vulnerable with, your colleagues, it's like, yeah, we're competitors, but we're not. Mm-hmm. Why don't we think that actually will be helpful? Yeah. Like we're still all in this mode of like, we're friends and we're open to a certain point and we're, we're welcoming with like work with each other and collaborations and all that stuff. But nobody's really getting into the nitty
0: gritty of like, well, what the actual hell do know. you think about any of this? This is true. that being said, I will argue with you that at our last so, one of the things Alyssa yes. and I did start this year, and we're hosting another one in September. Uh, these are closed for right now, but we are hoping to make them bigger at some point once we figure out how. But we are. <laughs> yeah, can we get a sponsor? <laughs> Does anybody want to sponsor <laughs> yeah, can these? Can someone sponsor us, please? Um, so, as a witty uh, spin on sip and because neither of us have want, kids or want or want kids. Want or have children. And no offense, but unless it involves like an amazing rock concert and pyrotechnics. Yeah, we not coming. I'm not coming. No. Um, so we started something called a sip and speak. And what it was, was a safe space for women in particular to gather and literally just vent. Um, and we actually had a really great one in the spring where people did like people in our industry that like I wasn't even entirely sure would feel safe around each other. Because it was like all yeah. different kinds of personalities. And we all didn't know one another. Oh my God. It was one of the, it was a great night. And we've all been exhausted. So now we're going to host our next one in September. Yes. But I, I did hear amazing feedback from people that it was what was needed. It's a safe space. You don't have to put on a friggin' mask. You just come in. We were all like in leggings and hoodies oh, yeah, and just, nobody had makeup on. And it wasn't just, fancy. It's like no. wine, snacks, yeah. water for those who don't drink, edibles. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> and yeah, just sitting down and having a damn honest conversation about what's going on with everybody.
1: Yeah, I... I will tell everyone to stay tuned because um I think they're going are the, we're planning a, a larger one in, in September um in sort of a, a bigger a bigger space still it. Mm-hmm. ladies who launch HQ. Yes. But um ultimately we would like these to become um a larger conversation yes. space and different and having different oppor- different places and spaces for people to have these conversations because uh, I mean, okay, I'm just going to have a moment here. Conferences and things are all awesome, like professional development, like. Um, but A, not everyone has $500 to spend to go to a conference. And yes, then they're more learning experiences as they should be than they are real down and dirty conversations. And so I think if you are in a sector or you're in your, in whatever it is that you do, as your job or whatever career, think about how you can bring people together too. Cause I think that is one mm-hmm. area that is missing from everywhere. Um, that isn't work-supported or a learning professional development opportunity where you have to go to a conference, but that you bring together people, your colleagues, um, people in your industry in a safe space to have these conversations because. The more people start realizing that they aren't the only ones that are having these thoughts and having difficulties or whatever, and learning from other people is always the best way. This always is the the, the discussion around salaries and how people um like now um on recruitment sites and companies and stuff are getting real pushback to post salary mm-hmm. ranges in job ads yes. because it wastes so many people's time. But the reason why people have not talked about salaries, even amongst themselves, even if you're working in a corporation, is because it keeps everyone isolated, right? Yeah. So yeah. even just talking, being open about salaries and what everybody's making immediately creates a sense of community and collaboration. And safety. Like, start there. Just talk about what everybody's making. And yeah. because then it takes the power away from your company, right? A hundred percent. But from our perspective as entrepreneurs, there isn't really opportunities for having very deep conversations conversations and safe conversations. Like everything is either a networking event or you're at this and it's all just a bunch of nonsense. Put your mask on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, or you feel like you have to or something. Exactly. So as we develop our end for women entrepreneurs and, and that obviously you'll be hearing more about that, but if there's a way that you, your other takeaway from this episode is, is, is ways for you to create, those safe community conversations within your sector or your career space or your company or whatever, um, because it matters.
0: Yeah. It does. A hundred percent. And with that, we will leave you to ponder all the things that we just <laughs> threw at you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but as always, conversation. Please DM us, Ladies Who Launch Pod Instagram. Email us, Ladies Who Pod at gmail.com. And we will see you next time. Thank
1: you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode.